0: Team one twenty eight. How about that? They've accomplished up to this point. Tyler, Jack, squat.
1: Uh, so well, I, yeah. I they've accomplished <laughs> uh, not as many injuries as some other teams across the country. So yeah. uh, I will. Uh, I will accept that. One year though, I, that's, I, that's, which that's,
0: by the way, yes, one year is awesome. Um, but I just wanted to add that I I actually. Really like that philosophy where every year it's a new team, Team 128, next year Team 129, and you can leave last year's failures or successes with that last group and and start fresh one way or the other. I love it.
1: I I don't love it because (laughs) we continue to get more and more immature as time rolls on. I'm afraid of what the world is going to look like in 41 years. First off, is my math right on that? Would that be Team One Sixty Nine? I mean, it would be. Come on, man, think about it. Dang it! If you're, I don't know if you'll be around does in one years, but if you does are, that mean I have
0: to hang around that long in order to come back and um, come back and talk about that forty years from now? How about this? How about we just go back in time and talk about Team Sixty <laughs> Nine?
1: Probably a national championship-winning team. <laughs> Somebody want to want to do the math on us for that, please. I can't probably do that is.
0: Hands. Probably is. Either that or one of our really bad years because just couldn't get focused.
1: Yeah, more probably. Who knows? But, no, it, it's cool, <laughs> man. It's been uh, exactly a year since we've uh, launched on 94.7. I was just thinking about all the, all the incredible things that have happened in a year. I, I don't know if we've had a year since we've been doing the show together that's been a more packed year than this past one. Um, You had all the hype of last season. You had a football team warm up indoors because the head coach says the weather was way too hot for the boys (laughs) right before the season opener. You almost lose the season opener to Tulane. You know, in all seriousness, though, this falls way down the list in terms of interesting things that have happened in the past year football-wise. But one thing that we never talk about, how about the fact that OU was supposed to play a true road game last year? and it got moved to a home game in week one.
0: I know. That's crazy. Yes, we talked about that, um, I think, earlier this offseason. Um, yeah, who knows what would have happened. Maybe that was the uh, one of the good things, only good things that happened last year. Could we have beat Tulane on the road?
1: No, absolutely not. <laughs> no. We would have we found out, uh, well, I think we all kind of learned that day, like, Oh, God, it's going to be this year, seriously, but you really would have found out after getting an L to Tulane on the road.
0: Right, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, well, uh, one year is it's it's not insignificant, but it is in a matter that. We plan to roll this thing for a long time, don't we, with better things uh, to come in the future, continue to
1: grow. I don't see it any other way, to be honest with you. Should I? Yeah.
0: No, frankly, you should not. You should not. The future is bright, despite what you may hear elsewhere, right?
1: Yeah. By the way, real quick, <laughs> Team 69 was the 1963 Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, that was Bud's 17th season, by the way. Mm. Uh, the team finished 8-2. and two. They had a win At number one USC in how about this? Like Uh, they they beat Clemson in week one and they won at USC in week two. So the current head coach where he came from, they beat that team in week one. The last guy where he ran off to, and I mean ran off to, they they beat that team as well. That's what
0: were the losses?
1: They lost. It was a number one, number two battle, October twelfth against Texas in the Cotton Bowl. OU lost that one, and Uh, then they lost at number ten Nebraska, twenty nine to twenty that day. Tough. uh,
0: Well, we also lost the two teams that we play this year. Um, (laughs) Not sure what to make of that. Okay, not sure. Hey, but they beat Kansas State
1: that that year and Iowa State. So K State and Iowa State weren't the bugaboo that they are now. You know? No
0: doubt. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing uh, we probably ran it up pretty good on him. Well, that's interesting. Very, very interesting stuff. Um, well, uh, what shall we dip into, Tyler?
1: You just you just throwing it up to me here? Just throwing <laughs> me the alley-oop? You didn't come in here with a uh, plan uh, on the opening segment? Well, no. Uh, well. I, I did find – something semi fascinating today. It was mm-hmm. the ranking of all 131 quarterbacks for twenty twenty two. Was it twenty-four-seven oh. that did that ranking? Just some interesting thing to note the interesting things to note in this hundred and thirty one quarterbacks ranking. First off, the worst quarterback that you're gonna face this year is uh Gavin Hardison of UTEP. He is the ninety fifth overall quarterback in this ranking. But yeah. Dylan Gabriel is ranked number nine on this list, which I think that could be, it could be right around dead on balls accurate to start the year. I think he's going to finish higher than that. But the the interesting thing to note is he is much higher in this ranking than any other quarterback that OU is going to face this season. The highest quarterback ranking that OU is going to face this season is Quinn Ewers, all the way back at number twenty four. And there's questions in Austin if he's even going to start. So, if you want to, if this list at all is any sort of accurate, a big reason why this defense could take a massive jump in year one is because just that you're not going to face a whole lot, if any, elite quarterbacks this season.
0: Well, the, the list is incredibly inaccurate. Um I, you could say that Gabriel is 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 placed about right headed into the season. I think that I think there's some fair uh, grounds for that. Um, but Quinn Ewers is not number 24. Oh, well, I, I
1: totally. Yeah, I totally agree with that.
0: Not even close to 24. Uh, he frankly should be number 130, or you can put him at the front of the list of guys that haven't played a game. You can start him there. Well, I I think
1: I think what I think about Spencer Sanders. But even with that being said, Quinn Ewers is 24, and Spencer Sanders is 28. There isn't a world that should exist here where Spencer Sanders is ranked lower than Quinn Ewers at quarterback to start the season.
0: Right. Well, I'll tell you this. We he will not be anywhere close to the best quarterback that we face this year, and I don't know where all of the guys rank on this list, but I actually think the list of quarterbacks that you face is really pretty tough. The Thompson kid at Nebraska hit us for five touchdowns last year. Okay, um, Martinez going to Kansas State. There's a little unknown there, but I have a feeling he's going to fit perfectly with their brand of football, and it's going to bring the best out of him. Um, now, he's not going to be a top-ten guy, and Thompson's not going to be a top-ten guy, but they're incredibly solid. You keep going down the list. shaping at Baylor, I think he's going to be really good. Um, Chandler Morris, sounds like he may be winning the starting job at TCU. We know that he's a playmaker. JT Daniels, when healthy. Uh, it, with with um, you know some decent opportunity and consistency, he's been able to put up big numbers. I wouldn't rank him very high, but he's shown in a couple of different um, outings that he can turn your lights out. And especially knowing that he's got some uh, some knowledge and a good working relationship with Graham Harrell, who's the new offensive coordinator there. Uh, same thing at Tech. Tech's got a couple of different guys that I don't think are going to rate very high on this list, and preseason or probably even postseason, but there's some good ability there. I think pretty much every team that you play, you could even say Kansas. Kansas's quarterback is good. Like He may be actually better than a lot of the guys that we play that are on better teams and will have better numbers. He's probably a better talent. So, yeah. I, mean, I think, honestly, the list of quarterbacks that we play is, is actually pretty tough. Maybe.
1: I still didn't hear you rattle off what I think is going to be a top-ten quarterback this year, which keeps the point of I think that there's a great chance that OU has the quarterback edge in every single game this year. And for those of, right. for those out there, and there are plenty, who's betting the under on nine-and-a-half wins this year, I, I, I don't think your odds of cashing that are very good if OU's going to have the best quarterback on the field every single game, which I think has a, a great chance of happening. The wild card right. of what you're saying, the list of quarterbacks they face being a lot better than this list says, if Blake Shapin is a dude this year, then, yeah, it, it definitely – I think that that could flip the perception of things. Just just that one quarterback alone, Baylor being really good at quarterback this year. But, right. yeah, I Quinn Ewers being in the top 25, no way, man. I just – that – again, I if he was – here's the point. If he was truly a top 25 quarterback – we'd know that he's a starting quarterback at Texas. Because Hudson Card isn't anywhere close to being a top 25 quarterback this year. If Quinn Ewers right. was really that guy, everything that he's been hyped to be, they would have already publicly named him the starting quarterback. But that hasn't happened yet. We're 16 days out until kickoff. Tells me all I right. know, to
0: know. No, there's there's no doubt about that. I agree uh, with exactly what you're saying there. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I heard you and Parker talking about, Something big coming for Quinn Ewers, right? Um, and it's most likely not going to be him being named a starter, right? <laughs> Even though that Sarkeesian has said that he's getting close, whatever that means, um, but I'm with you. I don't. It's probably some stupid NIL deal, which is where all the focus seems to be down at Austin.
1: Yeah, Bijan Mustardson you going to get some of that fancy mustard? A <laughs> uh, little, hu- what little it honey Jean? It said, uh, feels like must- er, er, uh, feels like a touchdown in your mouth. Is that what I was reading earlier? E- it's like yes. a touchdown in your mouth, exclamation point at the end. Really I'll just have Memphis to take in. their
0: word for it because uh, never had a touchdown in my mouth and don't plan on L- having a touchdown You're in my You're lying mouth.
1: about that. You so have. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh man, wow. Well, um I'm surprised you haven't asked me about the OU tailgating map.
1: Uh I mean we got we got until six PM to get into it. I mean if, if you were wanting me to ask you that bad, you should have told me before the show.
0: No, I I'm not wanting you to ask me that bad. Um I just, uh, I'm not, I, I'm getting a lot of uh, Twitter responses right now for uh, something that I said on on the podcast about it, and uh, I'm, frankly, I'm surprised I have not been fired from the radio broadcast yet.
1: <laughs> well, maybe I, I have been, and but
0: they just haven't told
1: me. But, but it's accurate. Like, are people getting mad at you for it, for that sake? No. Take? Okay, I I was I was going to be really shocked if it is. It's just it just it it takes away from the overall fan experience, is what it does, and I don't I don't I don't don't like that. I what your sentiment was, you know, you want to create the best home environment in college football. You know, the ability to tailgate outside and enjoy that. I mean, yeah, I think it takes away from that. You can have a great home field environment with this current setup, but it's not what's best. For the overall environment of an OU game day. And I know it's not anything new before everyone texts that. It's been this way four years. I know that. I got those texts yesterday. But still, the point is, I I don't... I I don't know. Money-wise, I'm sure it's a positive for the university. For the fan experience-wise, to me, it's definitely not.
0: It's not even money-wise. It's not. It's not a money-making endeavor for the university. They're not... They're not banking bags of cash off of this deal at all. You know, and that's one of the things that, that makes it, you know, a little more frustrating. I, th- You know, I think the, the, the decision makers on this situation, uh, they may have good intentions, right? They may have good intentions by saying, oh, the, the tailgate guys or whatever that group is named they make it easier for people. Let's just open it up for that. But I don't think they, they are outside of really the view of a normal college football fan. The people that are making these decisions on this deal.
1: Yeah.
0: I the, the average college football fan, or at least Oklahoma college football fan, doesn't have either the money Or the want to to dump a couple of grand into setting up a tent for a tailgate, like that's already set there for you. They want to drag their stuff out there, their ice chest with their ice and their beer in it.
1: Experience, man,
0: it's part of the experience. Is setting up your unique um, uh, tailgate. People have all kinds of different things: homemade grills and homemade. Uh, You know, TV setups, it's it's part of the experience. And I just think that they're so, like, isolated from it, they don't have any idea about any of that. You
1: also miss the community feel with that as well. And we talked about this a little bit yesterday while you were out is, you know, it's the same thing with season tickets. You've had season tickets in the same spot for 25 years. You get to know the people around you. Sure, some of them might annoy you with their certain takes during the game. But a lot of times you get to know and really like, and it's like kind of a fun thing six, seven times a year. You get to sit around, you know, the people that you've sat around forever. Same thing with tailgate. A lot of people have tailgated in the same spot forever. And it's not just your tailgate, it's the people that are around you that kind of make that small community. Like that's not there and that's not present with commercialized tailgating like we have now. It's not there. I
0: agree. I agree. And, you know, like my view on it is, I, when you, you got to think about the way that an opposing team pulling up to the stadium views it. Right, right now, there's no like tailgating anywhere that an opposing team is going to drive into. It's just it's it's all restricted, and they drive right up to the back of the stadium and they walk into their locker room. They should have to maneuver through a gauntlet. Of OU fans to get to the
1: stadium, it should be like the Cotton Bowl, where they're beating yes. on the bus and flipping people off the entire time. That's what it should be like. I cannot advocate um,
0: beating on the bus, throwing anything at the bus, I or can. I will, um, or bad gestures made towards the opposing team. All However, those I I will say that it should be something that when a, an opposing team pulls through they say, oh, my God, we are in a hornet's nest. This is what it's going to be like here at Oklahoma. And we just don't, we flat out don't have that right now. And we should be doing everything that we can to, to make that type of environment happen. And I don't think it's that difficult. You know, one of the problems with the, these whole things is how, when you have you have committees that set this stuff up, People love to have the power to say no to something, right? Saying no is, is a power, and, and you wield that over all kinds of different things. In, in this tailgating situation, to me, it's the exact same. You could probably sit down and come up with a bunch of reasons, some legitimate, some fringe legitimate, as to why you can't um, have, have public tailgating Pretty much everywhere around the stadium. There's there's some legitimate reasons to that, but it's easier to say, yeah, that is a situation. But what can we do to make it to where it's not and to make it more accessible to our fans? Yep, that's the mindset you got to have.
1: Yeah, because and I just don't think that does. they've had, Right? Yes. You're probably going to have. I mean, you're going to have one of the worst tailgating environments in the SEC once you get there. In terms of like the major schools that are out there, I'm not counting Vanderbilt.
0: Well, if you think you're going to drum it all up in one year and and put it together for the start of next year, where people nah. don't know where they're they're going and everything, nah. then you know it's just I don't know. And you've turned. I think people it's off a mistake the
1: idea. Yeah,
0: I I think it's a mistake, and I think with a little bit of a little bit of conversation with some different perspectives. It is the most easily avoidable situation ever. You could have your fans absolutely cheering you and thrilled about going back this year in a couple of weeks, which you know, we just heard Venables talking about everyone showing up for the opener. And instead there's you know an announcement that comes out and even though i don't it's not the case the first thing that everyone thinks is oh joy um dipping the the hands in our pocket again and like i said i don't think that that's necessarily the case i don't think this is a money making venture at all by for ou they don't make any money off of this this whatever these tailgate guys are, which, by the way, is not an Oklahoma company, so the money is headed out of the state.
1: Right. All right, got to hit a break. we got to get some more of these responses coming up next.
0: All right, quick timeout, more from the Rush coming up. Hanging out Newcastle Casino today. Stay tuned.
1: It is the Rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Keep those texts coming on the air. Covered Solutions text line 405-651-3439. A little bit hostile around here today to start off the show. Uh, and on the text line as well, as we'll get to a few of these. But nothing can uh, calm the situation down than Mike Gundy doing some one-arm push-ups. Please tell me <laughs> you uh, saw and uh, heard what Gundy had to say about the one-arm push-ups. I did,
0: and it, it was just amazing. You can tell that he's really been practicing those, which is funny to think about. You know? <laughs> Yeah, uh, he's got it all figured out on how to do a one-arm push-up. That's yeah,
1: I, I love how it started off with someone like asking how much he benches, and he got he got uh, real happy real quick about that. Here's uh, here's how it all started. Someone asked him in the OSU beat how much uh, Mike Gundy can uh, throw up on the bench. Woo. I I hear that And I envision Like he's talking to a random woman On like the side of the street Oh wow Mike You look buff How much do you bench Oh I don't know About 250, 260 or so Like <laughs> He's clearly exaggerating On how much he can bench out that, That's immediately what came to mind for me I don't know about you
0: you 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 claim there's no chance that he can bench
1: 250 pounds. 260? No, no chance. I don't think so. Now, I, I he's right. in he's in really good shape for a 55 year old, and I'm sure that there's definitely some some old man strength in there somewhere. But 260? Right. I mean, that's that that that's that's no that's a, that's a big deal. 260? Like, that's a lot.
0: Yeah, it, that is a lot. Um, but you know. I guess for a football coach that's been around it his whole life and former uh, Division One athlete, I don't know. huh? But you're right. It does feel like an exaggeration. It almost feels like the um, she loves people, you know, talking about the turtle. He doesn't know that.
1: It just feels just, like something Clark Griswold would have said to the woman he kept seeing everywhere. Or Ed Ogeron. Oh yeah, well Ed wouldn't have a shirt on. So he he he. come on, hey, touch my back right here. Hey, touch do right here. Hey, there's my upper back right there. That's two sixty <laughs> baby. Um here's the second part of that video. Here's how Gundy got into the one arm push-ups. He's doing a he's doing it right now. Yeah. He looked so defeated when the uh, kid reporter was there that hadn't seen Rocky. I've never seen him more disappointed, even after the failed two-point conversion in 2018 in Bedlam.
0: I'm telling you, amazing. Mike Gundy is the total gift uh, that we get to uh, watch him, cover him, listen to him, and, and these uh, impromptu press conference settings, you never know what's going to happen.
1: I uh, I have an idea of how they can you know, get more ticket sales this year. You know, like some schools will have the ROTC guys in the end zone. Sure. That will do push-ups. push-ups. Yeah, will do the push-ups according to how many points they've scored. What if Gundy, headset and all, uh, his hoodie tucked into his khakis, all weird like he does, starts doing one-arm push-ups on the sidelines for every single uh, number of points they have.
0: Right. Uh, he, I'm sure that he he probably does that in practice. He's been waiting for years. Who knows? He probably learned, he was talking about Rocky, whenever, whenever that movie came out, I don't even know when it was, he probably learned that one-arm push-up then and has just been dying for the opportunity to showcase it in front of, some cameras and microphones show the world.
1: It's his party trick. And i got to
0: tell you, it, it's a hell of a one-arm push-up.
1: Yeah, no, it actually looks good. He, he does
0: it no problem.
1: You know when he has all the assistants over and their wives for the Christmas party every single year? That's his party trick. He does it all. All right, he wants to say it, annual one-arm push-up. Hey, gather around. <laughs> one-arm <laughs>
0: push-up contest, he can do the most. Oh, that's great amazing yeah
1: no it was it was truly amazing and um i mean we've got about 40 mike gundy sound clips i think we just added a couple more today so today's already been a good day and it's not even four o'clock yet all right uh, um, you
0: can add to your gundy and uh, gundy audio file that's a that's a good deal
1: peyton ass on the text line saw this question on twitter curious what your thought is other than your rival Name the college football team/slash program or coach that you hate the most. I mean, USC is the obvious answer here, but I'm taking them off the board. I'm taking Texas, Oklahoma State, USC off the board.
0: Man, and my my the other person that I would. Go directly to is now going to be a college football studio analyst in Dan Mullen. Oh my God! So, you saw that today too. Oh, did that come? Well, I know yes. that it, like last week it was yeah. like rumored that that was going to happen. Yeah,
1: that came out today. The college football team or program for me, not Texas, Oklahoma State, USC. It's uh, and it's faded a little bit, unfortunately, but it's still Miami. I just really see, yeah, just see in Miami in. Their empty stadium on Saturdays, and how everyone still tries to sell me that they have this incredible brand and they're going to be back soon and all that. God, get out. Miami's never going to. You can pump as much money as you want there. They're never going to have great crowds. They're never going to be elite consistently again. Quit trying to sell me on Miami because it's never going to happen. I hate the U. You. you know,
0: I don't have very many that I. That I dislike. And I'm not even sure that I dislike this guy. He's probably uh, an awesome dude to be around. And I actually like the, the school. I love their colors. I love their stadium. But James Franklin annoys me.
1: Yeah. that he No, you know what he is? He is... God, he is Muleshoe 2.0, always talking about how close. I've been hearing about how close Penn State is for, like, six years now. <laughs> oh, no. They'll lose to Ohio State. They'll, you know, just totally throw the game away in the fourth quarter. Well, let this be a lesson. We're going to do th- – let this be a lesson. We're going to do more now. We're going to do more, and we're going to get over the hump. Oh, you weren't doing more before? You needed a two-point loss to Ohio State to show you that you're not doing everything necessary to win the Big Ten? Okay. Right. Well,
0: the, the more frustrating thing to me is that he gets a pay pay raise every year along the way. And the other one is, and I don't have much animosity towards the school, the football team, but the coach really annoyed me this offseason. That's Jimbo Fisher. Oh,
1: yeah. That's definitely the coach that, that I would say. Absolutely. 100%. which
0: before I was actually not necessarily a fan of his but I had a lot of respect because the guy had you know has accomplished a ton and I, I still have a lot of respect for him but man he turned into a fast talker like snake oil salesman over this last off season and it's just been really strange watching that whole whole dynamic unfold He got real defensive about that recruiting class.
1: Team I can't stand is Notre Dame. Coach I can't stand is Matt Campbell. Notre Dame stole our play like a champion today sign. Yeah, Lou Holtz. That's a good point. I mean, Notre Dame is always gonna be on the list, but Lou Holtz really kind of ignited that fire again this offseason, of all yeah. people.
0: I like Notre Dame, though.
1: Yeah. Just because you yeah. used to have the Notre Dame starter jacket.
0: What yes. Were you that's definitely a big factor. Were you
1: Catholic growing up or did you just like Notre Dame football.
0: Uh well, my mom's family is Catholic. Ah. Um I told you my grandpa played at Notre Dame, so I have those ties there. But I don't know. Always liked their colors. I I still like their colors, like their mascot, had the starter jacket, like he said. I even had, which you're too young for this, maybe, but there was this phase of hats. Where the hats had instead of on the back, like you have a fitted cap, or you've got like the, like the adjustable. This was one where it had like strings, and it had like one of those little, um, I don't know what you call it. It's got like a spring in it that keeps the two strings tight no, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'm you know, not
1: too young. I used to have an OU hat like that. Um, you did? Dude, okay. I, I you. you there is an age gap between us, what, eight years? But I don't feel like our eight years are that far. Like, I still looked in the But JCPenney's That was when I was like 10 years
0: old, man. I was like 10 or 12 years old whenever that little phase, and that was only like a two year phase. And then it was gone. But I had, a, I had a Notre Dame hat with the, I don't know what you call it, drawstring,
1: I guess. Good point. Text line um, Rudy was offsides. And apparently, he's a jerk too in real life. Go figure.
0: Was he really offsides in the uh, movie?
1: Probably. Yeah, I think he, yeah, yeah probably. I, I, how else How else was he able to get around the edge that quick? He had to have been offsides. Yeah.
0: Someone from Georgia Tech really blew their uh, assignment there blocking the Would, weak side Wouldn't that end. have
1: been like the craziest twist to a movie? If he sacks the quarterback and then the camera goes to a (laughs) yellow hanky on the field, (laughs) it's null and void. Georgia Tech gets five yards and they throw a bomb on the next play and score a touchdown. God, someone make that alternate ending, please.
0: And then uh, Parsagin kills Rudiger's right there on the field. I would love that. In front of everyone.
1: Yeah, blood all over the 45 jersey. (laughs) It's a great ending. (laughs) Turn into a Halloween flick. Uh yeah, I don't
0: know. I guess that I don't have many schools out there that I have a lot of hatred for. It kind of comes and goes in little one or two year spans, um, but I know that there's some, there's a couple, there's a couple of teams out there that we're probably going to find out that we really, really dislike yeah, here in the next new couple teams, of years. Basically, <laughs> yes, yes. All right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out Newcastle Casino.
1: It is the rush on the ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Speaking of Notre Dame, uh my four team college football playoff is already kind of busting at the seams and we're still 9 days away from week 0. Uh Notre Dame, man, the injuries continue to pile up. Mm. One of their offensive linemen that started 34 games. I think he was a captain for them last year as well. He's Dang. got a uh, he's got a foot sprain. And the thought is that he's not going to play in that Ohio State game. The news just keeps getting worse for Notre Dame.
0: Yeah, that's tough. You hate that for them. Uh, I will say that, you know, typically on the line of scrimmage, you you won't be able to replace a guy of, of that experience level right off of the bat, but they typically have really good offensive linemen, defensive linemen along the line of scrimmage, and my guess is, they're not devoid of talent there on the two deep, but that definitely is going to hurt them early in the year.
1: That was tough a tough schedule, man. Yeah, that's something that I mean we didn't talk we didn't have any reason to talk about it. But Brian Kelly put out some offensive linemen when he was in South Bend. Gonna guess yeah. he does the same thing at LSU. But like when you think of O line, U over the past ten years or so. You'd say Alabama for sure. Um, Oklahoma certainly had some good O-lines in there. But Notre Dame, Wisconsin, of course. But Notre Dame is like definitely in that group. They've, they've had some dudes up front, yeah. man.
0: they got a ton of uh, offensive linemen in the NFL. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, that's, that stinks. Knock on wood. Hopefully Oklahoma can avoid the, uh, the injury situation. I know TD Roof is already... Uh, been injured and going to be out for the season most likely so Is that it? That's like, frustrating. Major
1: injury. I mean like that one, that one does stink. But major injury news is that Was that it really it? 16 that eights, I know of. Kick? Yeah.
0: Yeah, the, the that I know of. I think some other guys have had some some smaller issues. Um, I think there's been a couple of like hamstring tweaks and and um, I know what Redmond had the concussion that he missed uh, the a little bit of time at the beginning of camp with, but outside of that, not that I know of. But again, I don't, I, I don't know, you know, and that's, that's not something that you see reported during training camp very often.
1: Yeah, I mean, but he, the fact that he confirmed TD Roof yesterday, and you know the media being out at practice as much as they have recently, if there was another serious injury, I feel like we would know about yeah. it by now i feel like that would probably. be the probably
0: yeah and those rumors tend to get out pretty quickly uh if if somebody major has has something go down so yeah so far seem to have uh have been able to avoid it but as you can see with notre dame there's not really a rhyme or reason some things can just pop up and you get a cluster of injuries some some fans like to start to try and find blame for that and talk about maybe the strength and conditioning or the uh, you know the way they're coaching the players and I just think it is a total luck of the draw thing, man. I, I,
1: especially when you're talking about a torn knee, you know, um, right. which you see a lot of this year. And I remember the last time Schmidt was here, and towards the tail end of that regime. Or, or was it, um, no, 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 it was guys would go off to the NFL maybe and, and they would yeah. suffer some injuries and the were OU fans wanting to say, well, you know, that's Schmidt's fault for this reason. I, I always thought that that was really dumb. Or even some injuries that happened towards the tail end of his, you know, last time here in North. I just, I, I always hated that.
0: Well, I will openly say that I feel like my injury situation in the NFL was because I didn't train like I did when I was under Jerry Schmidt.
1: Yeah. When
0: I was under Jerry Schmidt, I never missed a practice. I never missed a game. I never missed a snap ever, not one time. Whenever he wasn't my strength and conditioning coach, I did. So I take I take his style, his programming as gospel.
1: I uh, hate Louisiana State. They spelled it Louisiana. Yeah. L O U W E Z E A N Y A. I think that is the right way to spell it, as you yeah, say it. Yeah,
0: it is, uh, and I tend to agree with that a little bit. We've uh, we've had some bad, uh, we've had some bad uh, games against them. Choked a national championship, mm. and then. Got embarrassed on the <laughs> no, national stage. I was
1: interested to see how you were going to uh, describe that game in 2019. Whew! That's the only OU game I've been to in my life where it was halftime, and I said, "Do we really have to play the second half? We, we, we really need to do this from the bad did end we, of it."
0: Yeah. Did we? Did they go down and score first, or did we? I think they did, and then we answered pretty quick, right, to make it 7-7?
1: It was 7-7 or it was 14-7 at one point. It was one of those two. They were up 28-7 pretty quick, though. I do know that. I think CeeDee Lamb caught a deep ball like inside the five, maybe, that set up that first touchdown, but it was uh, very short tease. Didn't take long there.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Did not take long at all. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. we got more from the rush coming up. We'll come back. Wrap up our number one next.
1: Cavens Construction, bringing you this hour of the rush. CavensConstruction.com. Anything you need with your home or your office building, Cavins Construction can help you out. CavensConstruction.com for all of the services that they offer. I guess I'm the only one uh, in the United States right now that loves college football that hasn't watched the Manti Teo documentary on Netflix. I haven't either. Apparently, it's really, really good. Everyone that I've talked to says it's awesome, and everyone's walked away from it saying wow, I really feel sorry for that guy. Not right. only because he got catfished the way that he did, but apparently it's just another lesson of how dark social media can be and how awful social media was to him during this whole – I mean, over the past ten years, basically.
0: I know it. I know it. It's um, it's wild just going back through it. I, I was – I need to watch it because I remember whenever the whole thing came out, I was just never convinced that the situation as I heard it and as people were telling the story, I just could not believe that it played out that way. You know what I'm saying? I was yeah. just I, – I, I there's no way. Like, no, that, that couldn't have happened, could it? So, I don't know. I need to watch it. I plan on watching uh, – I think it's a two part. I plan on watching one tonight.
1: Yeah, um I, I'd like to watch it sometime soon, and it's a shame that all of that overshadowed what was an incredible season by him his senior year. Yeah. He was a Heisman finalist. It's one of the best years by a Notre Dame defender, probably in their school's history. Everyone
0: yep, forgets that. And though. and he was he was legit. He was totally legit. He was um it was not a you know, sometimes guys get hype or whatever and, and maybe that if you look at the film it's like, Man, I don't know, is he really that good? He was he was totally, totally legit. All right, quick time out, more from the rush coming up. We got hour number two next here from Newcastle.